Ladies and gents, episode 28 of the 2PTs podcast episode with your hosts, Mike Ellis and Miles Harrison. We are coming from a cloudy day. The end of summer, <laughs> pretty much. The two days of hot weather, the end of summer. Yeah. Um, today's topic is going to be discussing caffeine. So me and Miles have both independently covered this through our social medias, but I think we're going to go into a bit more depth on why is such an important factor that a lot of people don't really concentrate on? I think they just take caffeine and been like, oh, well, yeah, if I need a coffee, I'll have a coffee. But they're not understanding the, the knock-on effect long-term. Yeah. I think and it's more or less the, um, the, like I said, it's the consequences of taking it in the longer durations. The fire. People just, if they want something to change, like a state or the tiredness or something like that, it's, a, it's an instant change, isn't it? I think one thing that a lot of people actually forget is caffeine is a drug. Drug takers. Uh-huh. I mean, I'm not talking like cocaine or anything like that. I'm talking about it being, it's the most overly used drug in the world. It's been around for as long as... More than paracetamol. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. Like, realistically, like, if... if caffeine wasn't such a big thing starbucks wouldn't be as massive costa wouldn't be as massive there wouldn't be so many independent coffee shops and like everything that i see compared on social media is like oh it's just a cup of coffee a day it's like because everyone seems to be taking coffee obviously i think we need to identify the fact that caffeine isn't just coffee it's like coffee tea energy drinks like coke to the smallest extent, yeah, like yeah. sweeteners, your uh, shots. Yeah, exactly. There's, yeah, I mean, like even like you saying, like energy drinks and stuff like that. It's it's something so varied now. We like you said, it's almost like taken for massive for granted, but yet it had such a taken in the wrong way, taken in the wrong dose in a way. It can really mess up. But it's like it's like anything, isn't it? Like. It's usually not the the poison that kills you. It's a dose of the poison that actually affects you for the long term. Um, so, yeah, the, the caffeine in itself, it's it's been used for many many good things. Like it, like probably in this kind of episode today, we might talk about like why you don't want to overconsume on coffee and caffeine and stuff like that, um, and how it can affect you pretty much in the long term. But there are a lot of benefits with cup caffeine. I, I could definitely, let's say from a performing aspect, performing, performing aspect, like caffeine is primarily used to get the best out of some athletes. Like it's massively had a, um, a good corresponding effect with doses of um, caffeine levels and performance on the pitch, like increased alertness, reducing the tiredness and stuff like that. I think, uh, I think there was a sporting event that actually banned caffeine from it as like a thing. I, can't, I cannot remember for the life of me, but I swear I saw it on social media the other day. I'm like, no way. Because realistically, as a tool, like, it's the most accessible. It's potentially one of the cheapest. And it's just super easy. Yeah, it's but, so easy to access now. But I think a lot of people neglect, obviously, I'm talking high levels for this, but caffeine can actually kill you. 
Yeah, but that's like that's like saying anything. Like like water could kill you, mate. Like you could drown by drinking too much water. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's, it's just. It's again, it's it's just one of the things you need to consideration. But it's not the reason why it's such a kind of thing that people need to be more aware with because it affects something that, as humans, we do primarily of our lifetime, which is sleep. It's the, it's the biggest influence that has. Um, and people just, people like, just average people just think, like I said, they'll take coffee in the morning or mid midday. And they don't realize, like, the long duration it has. Like, I think coffee has, like, what, a five or six half, um, half-life? Six-hour six half-life. Yeah, so by, if you have it at 12 o'clock, like, by 10 or 11, you've still got some substance in your body trying to affect from it and then at the same time as well your body's like a huge like a clock like you got hormones setting off at certain times and hormones reacting to other hormones that allow you to get yourself into an optimal sleep position which then affect the other hormones for stuff like recovery mental work and physical stuff and all that like without getting too fancy with it all and stuff like that so if you really overuse caffeine, then it can, re- especially for the long time, it can really mess things up a bit. And also as well, as Mike will go into later, it's addicted. It can, you can get very much addicted on coffee, or you can use it as a alliance. Like, do you have shit sleep? Have more coffee. Have shit asleep? Have more coffee. And... Yeah, I'll I'll let you explain, Mike, because obviously this is something that you've just recently just posted on your Instagram. Mm. So um, I'll let you have the honours of explaining it all, and I'll drink my cup of tea. I was going to say, oh, caffeine. Uh, so just a little bit of a touch on from what Miles said there in terms of sleep. So if you obviously take caffeine too late into the day, so imagine this is one phase and this is your sleep phase. So if we're taking caffeine, that's going to slowly creep into that phase and then reduce this sleep phase. So if we're going in and we're not falling asleep till about 2 a.m., waking up at 8 a.m., we're going to get six hours of sleep, not feel revitalized in a sense. Ooh, fancy. I'm going to write that down. (laughs) And we're going to come back into the next day and be like, oh, I'm really tired. I need caffeine. But then imagine if you took caffeine too early in the day from what you're normally taking in about noon, you get to noon again, and you're like, you've got now an even higher level of caffeine in your body. So this is going to have a rolling effect and go back to here, and then roll on and on and get you caught in a revolving circle of crap, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I won't go too deep into the science. I'll cover what I said in the post the other day. So I just call, I generalize gen, yeah, generalize it as a cell. So over the day, as your brain works, you will release something called adenosine. So the structure of adenosine and caffeine is relatively similar to a certain extent. At the points where you have the cell, there is points called adenosine receptors. So obviously the adenosine receptors will go through and then start sending signals to your body to make you feel more tired. Now, because the cell structure is so similar, caffeine can come in and block the receptors which basically don't they don't create any form of energy. It'll basically just be a blocker and stop the adenosine getting through and stop you make 
stop making you feel so drowsy in the simplest sense. So if all that is blocked through, the body will then, because it's an adaptive system, will then open up more receptors to then send the adenosine through. And that's when, if you're getting tired of late in the day, you'll then start taking more caffeine to fill them plugs. Now, this is where issues come with most people because they get to a point like, oh, I can identify that I'm caffeine tolerant and making so many receptor points that they just instantly go cold turkey and there's all these adenosine receptors open. So the body's just flooding adenosine through and that's when you'll get a lot of people getting headaches, tiredness, uh, difficulty to concentrate and the everything shakes. else. Yeah. So the, the caffeine withdrawal symptoms, as we'll call them, happen. And that's when you're like, oh, my God, I need a coffee. I feel like every person that drinks coffee religiously will have said that at one point. Yeah. That's like anything, isn't it? Like if you go cold turkey on pretty much most things, let's say, for example, like I don't know, chocolate or something like that, like you're going to massively crave it. Like mm. and we always say if you're going to make improvements on life, whether that's through diet, coffee consumptions and stuff like that, first of all, take note of what and how much of a dose you're taking. Like if you're taking five cups of coffee and cup of tea and stuff like that, mark them down and then slowly reduce that and stuff like that. It's yeah, it's I'm sure you've experienced it. Mike, I've definitely experienced it where you kind of like, you realize you're in this kind of pattern and then you try to completely do a 180 and it almost bites you in the ass and stuff like that. Like, I did last week. but I've, I've, I, I will be fully honest and say I'm not a tea or coffee drinker. And I'll probably get a slap on the wrist from a couple of people saying, oh, I just drink Monster and like Rain. I'm not Rockstar or Relentless drinkers. Don't worry, listeners. Um, but I grew, I think because of lockdown, I just grew a bit of a reliance on them. Not because I was like, I, I required the caffeine. It was just, it was there as an option. I was like, you know what? I'm not really excited for anything else at the minute apart from waiting. So I was like, oh, one or two cans a day whilst I'm working or whilst I'm training, I'll be fine. And then I would just realise that the two was just going and going and going. And because of the adenosine receptor system, I'd then stop and I'd be like, I feel like I've been hit by a train. Yeah, so, you get like a sudden crash. It's hard. Yeah. So I was going to mention as well, in terms of saying, okay, if we want to get down to a normal level, we would just slowly like wean away off a caffeine level. So for me, it'd be going from two cans to one can. Obviously, with all these receptors open, the body will then just start to close them off naturally just to get you back to the normal levels. And instead, not having to be like, oh, I need caffeine all the time which is not cost effective <laughs> at all but going back to like like you're saying how easy of an access it is to have these kind of drinks like i remember when i first started to the pt a few years ago and stuff like that, and it was almost like it was a fashion trend to have a monster in the morning and stuff like that. like and let's not lie their drinks taste nice like they're easy to consume they're relative cheap i think they're like a pound per bottle or something like that um and then they're branded in big fancy cover, 
colours and stuff like that. And they're just like, even the promoting side of it is like, right, get more energy, get more of this and stuff like that. Like, I mean, any, it's like, it's such a grabbing type of thing. But, go ahead. I've just realised the irony of it being called an energy drink and it actually doesn't provide you any energy at all. Oh, right. So is it more like a placebo type of thing? Well, it's, it's just a suppressant of you feeling drowsy, isn't it? Because it blocks off the adenosine receptors. So like, yeah, but at the same time as well, like again, um, like I mentioned before and stuff like that, like it is used in elite sports. So a lot of like athletes and stuff like that, especially like footballers, have seen massive benefits. Whether it is a placebo type of thing and stuff like that, like that's something that I need to research more into, but. Mm it's shown a correlation between a certain amount of caffeine. It's not like, what the hell is going on inside my flat? Anyway, um, it's just like some wild wheeling thing going on. But yeah, they're showing a correlation between a certain amount of caffeine and a higher level of performance. So bigger outcomes in within training, bigger outputs on sprint speed and stuff like that. But like you said, there's still a lot of negatives to that. And if you are someone who's wants to get that next extra level and stuff like that but let's say you've got a game mid-time in the day let's say two o'clock kickoff or you've got training late at night and you want to perform you want to impress your coaches you want to do well in that matter and stuff like that like the short benefit of ah get a bit of caffeine a red bull something like that or coffee just to get into that training get into the mode again can have a negative effect in the last in the long term i was gonna say because obviously we everyone knows caffeine is going to have a relative effect on like heart rate and i feel in terms of a performance aspect it could be mental clarity yeah there's no that involved as well so like i might be able to perform the same amount of reps in the gym with caffeine or no caffeine but because i'm like oh i've had caffeine I'm like wired or just a general not feeling tiredness Yeah, is making me feel more in the zone and making me more focused to actually get it done. So I do to a certain extent believe in the placebo effect. But then if you did more research into saying like, you have obviously have stimulants for the gym, like pre-workouts, but then you have stim and non-stim and generalized. I think you'll get a lot of people will actually just mix the two. Because obviously, if you looked at it in terms of a non-stim like option, it's a lot of like vasodilation, so it's helping get more blood around the muscles. So that's why you'll have it called like a pump product, because that's how it works. Gets blood to the muscles, and then you feel like, oh yeah, look, I'm so juicy. And <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like everyone's got that feeling. Like I'm gonna look so juicy. Yeah, I get what you mean. And that's the thing is like again, pre-workout, something that so many people abuse, 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 because the two main ingredients of a pre-workout is one caffeine, but the other one is beta alanine. Mm. Now, obviously, beta alanine, but for people who don't know, is the, the thing that gives you that tingly cheek feeling. Um and even I like I take beta alanine and stuff like that because I find it is a from the research that I've done and stuff like that, it's it seems to be a, a product that gives me that same kind of alertness, that same kind of clarity and stuff like that without the negative effects of impacting on sleep. So when, if I do have a late session at like 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, or 
sometimes, depending on how I feel in the mid in mid uh, midweek game, I'll take I'll have obviously I say beta alamine just before it or regularly within the morning and stuff like that, and that seems to have worked well on with me. But obviously, obviously. beta alamine like there's that short term effect, but then the longer effect of like reduced fatigueness. Uh, better clarity, better performance, and all that comes with a ten-week loading phase. So if anyone is taking in stuff like, that, like, get used to it now, especially when the season's just about to come and it's a short little season, and you've got the off-season as well. So by the time you get into the season of next one, you should be sound. I think it also comes down to a lot of individualized aspects. So obviously, sensitivity to caffeine. I know some people that can take, like, I can take a lot of caffeine and be like, yeah, I'm sound. Yeah. Or some people can take a tiny bit and be like, whoa, shit. Well, I think that depends on body weight. So the yeah, well, that's the second did, one. Like, and obviously it was, it was more towards where you were saying about obviously the receptors and all. Mine was to, purely towards obviously that performance. And the one, one thing that would stand out before and stuff like that, like to get that kind of optimal effect of high performance and stuff like that. Like you would want to take three to six uh, micrograms times your um, or kilo whatever as of your body weight. So for example, let's say myself, which is 75. <laughs> don't, don't take t- three to six kilograms. That would no, kill you. <laughs> no, no kilograms. Um, please do not listen to this podcast for, no, please don't even listen to this podcast for ed- ed- entertainment purposes and not for educational purposes. When Miles is quoting grams to kilograms. <laughs> yes. Also as well, please make sure you do your own research at the same time as well. <laughs> but yeah, but for someone like myself, who is a, is around 75 kilograms, like I would probably take about 225 up to most 450. Mm-hmm. And that would do me fine and stuff like that. Um, but then again, yeah, you got to look at the timing of it. you got to look at... But then again, if it's a cup game, like cup final or a game, I think that short term of, oh, this might just affect me for a sleep and all that could be that kind of plain thing, the difference of making, right, am I going to have some caffeine now or caffeine later? Interesting question, actually. Have you... Because you're not a massive stim person, are you, for like the gym? I don't you're, think you're you're normally... You're you're a natty pre workout person, because um, I will be openly honest and say I've had really bad experiences when taking pre, especially when they've been too strong. Oh, man, that hide. If anyone who's ever been to like say, gym etc. in Congleton in their own lifetime, there's there was this once this pre workout that was going around called Hyde. I used I, to I used to have the tubs. Mate, like. Like you saying before, I'm not a person for pre-workout. I'm just kind of like, if I'm feeling up for it, I will get the workout done. But I tried to want, and like halfway through the workout, I thought like something possessed me. Like I felt, I felt like I was watching my own body work out from the gym. <laughs> That's how far I was from me and stuff. Like it was not a nice feeling. And even yeah. afterwards, like I remember saying to like clients that day and stuff, I just like something has taken over me. Don't know what it is. So like not nice. I think the first time I well no, there's two I remember. So no three actually, sorry. Hyde, ABE, and Total War from Redcon. So Hyde was the first one I ever took. Like literally first scoop. I borrowed someone else's 
pre and then bought my own tub. And it was when I worked on cruise ships and I literally took it half an hour before. I was like, you know, when you're, you're a newbie and you're like measuring it out with a scoop and you're like reading all the instructions. It's like, oh, <laughs> half an hour. oh no, it's 29 minutes. <laughs> um, I did that, did the workout and I was like, it's like a maker eyes and I'm just like wide. Went down, had a shower, went and got food. I was sitting, eating food and I was like... <laughs> I'm like, this can't be normal. Someone help. <laughs> Hated it. Hated it. Obviously, yeah. that that was when my caffeine tolerance, because I never used to take tea or coffee, was so low. And yeah. to take something that high a dose in such a short amount of time, I felt like I was on speed. And I hated it. And then after a while, as I got used to it, but now I'm like, because I take a monster like pretty much every day now, me to try and find a product that will truly screw me up is quite difficult. But I think AB. No, 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 you don't want to get yourself into that state later. Yeah. But like, yeah, but you get, yeah, I get what you mean. Like, ABE was pr- probably the worst. I ended up taking two scoops and selling it to someone at work, um, training at the gym, etc. And you know. The cable stack where you've got the row. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because there's a mirror right next to it, isn't there? And it, I was, I was, it was middle of summer, so I had a vest on, and I looked at myself and I had niacin flushes. So I was pink all over my chest, all down my arm, all my face, and I was like, something ain't right here. <laughs> something <laughs> ain't right. I've become a cherry bomb. Yeah, literally. Stop. But God, what was that question you were going to ask me then? Because obviously, like you're saying before, I'm not a, I'm not a pre-work, an addict pre-work. Well, no, it was actually like, um, have you had the bad, bad lift experience when taking too much pre? But um, I mean, yeah, that, that one experience and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, apart from that, I think the only time I've ever overtake pre-workout is like if my. Um, when I first died, like, kind of weightlifting and stuff like that. Mm. Um, and don't get me wrong, like, some sometimes when I have took it and it's done the right kind of thing, it has really benefited my training. But for me, like, I've always been that kind of person to rely on myself and make sure I've got my foundations and fundamentals right before I rely on something like that. So am I getting myself right level of sleep? Am I eating well? Like, they're going to have, first of all, a bigger impact on my training. And not even just the training, just like everywhere else. So if I got them things right, then for me, it's always been, I think it, I think it comes down to a personal thing. I think for me, I've always been that type of person where I like training. I like training hard. So getting into that mindset where I'm like, right, I've got to lift this amount of weight, this many times, hard going all that to the point where I'm sweating and stuff like that or them times where I do train really hard I can tap into that very easily but for some people that might not be a an easy thing to do they Mm. might not enjoy training as much or they might not enjoy really hard training levels um substance library workouts can be beneficial if used correctly I think for some people though, it's it's kind of part of the routine. Yeah, because it's That's like what, like once it once it comes part of the routine, like you just said, 
it that's when the danger comes to Kirk, then you come a, a reliance to it. Because mm. then, like, if <laughs> I think I've done that at one point, I was like, I really didn't want to train, and I've actually taken pre workout because I'm like. If I take the pre-workout, I have to go because I can't sit in my room and just be like, okay, okay, we need to do something now. So, like, to a certain extent, I think it can be used in terms of, like, a motivator, in terms of, like, okay, you have to do something. Yeah. But just bringing it back into topic ever so slightly, have you got any rules with clients for caffeine? Um, I always say to them, just morning. I just say to him, like, if you're going to have a cup of coffee or something like that, like, don't have it past 12 o'clock and stuff like that, even with your stressful life and stuff like that, because mm-hmm. if you get to the point where you need coffee in the evening, something's not right. Like, you'll have any, we need to have a look at either sleep, your habits, lifestyle, stuff like that. Insane. Uh, the routine must be very off if they're requiring caffeine in the evening. Well, that's what I mean. If you've got a stressful job and stuff like that, and then, like, it's time, like, because also as well, like, as much as it obviously affects physical strength, like, there's also, like, mental, obviously, stress as well that occurs into fatigueness. So if they've got really stressful jobs or they've got kids and stuff like that, like, they might need something just to keep them going, if that kind of sense and stuff like that. Um, but I wouldn't say strict rules because, like you said, it's, it's very individualized. In the light, individual. Yeah. Don't, don't know where these words are coming from today. Um, Just say. <laughs> yeah. Make words up today. But yeah, it's like, for example, someone, because they're a relative big rugby dude and stuff like that, like, they'll be able to take more than a five foot, like 50 kg average lady or something like that. Like, it's, it, it is going to be very independent. Yeah. Um, so I think for me, having strict rules when everyone's going to need different doses, different lifestyles, and different needs, uh, I, I'm very lenient. Not lenient, but I'm very. What's the word I'm trying to think of? Understanding. Yeah, but I'm very conscious. Yeah. Um, what they need and what they kind of don't need. So, just I'm just bringing it back again. Um. So my, me and Miles spoke before, before the episode and we were on about sleep. So I think it is very important to understand that just because you think that caffeine isn't an issue with your sleep, it doesn't just affect the way you get to sleep. It's how you stay asleep and the quality of sleep. So within the four phases. Yeah, there's four phases, which usually take about an hour and a half to complete. Deep, REM, light and awake. I bet there's something else as well. I'm not 100% sure. But yeah, like as, as a general perspective, but obviously, the uh, I'm trying to think of how it was. I, I read it before, and I hope it was related to adenosine, but basically, obviously, it's all coming from your brain, and then you going to sleep recharges this level, and that's what helps you not need caffeine first thing in the morning. And if you can go through that night's sleep and get a really good quality of sleep, not just, oh, I lose... There's a difference between saying I lay down for eight hours and I got good quality sleep for eight hours. Yeah, I mean, you know when you've had a good hour, like good sleep. Like you wake up and you're like, the world is wonderful, sun is shining, birds are singing, like, and you just jump out of bed. Like, yeah. But Mike is 100% right. There's a difference between 
eight hours of just closing your eyes and waking up to eight hours of having a decent level of sleep. And your body, like I mentioned before, your body is a it's a clock. Like there are certain things released at certain times, depending on external things like sunlight, um, sunlight like sleep and dark nights and stuff like that. There's hormones that pretty much start low from the start of the day and get higher at the end of the day. And literally, like sleep is apart from nutrition and hydration sleep is probably the best way of recharging your batteries and if you're blocking your recovery aspect or your your natural recovery way because your body's trying to block some other suspensive um aspects like caffeine or even stress and all that like cortisol and stuff then you're not going to be waking up rejuvenized you're going to be dead tired all the time Obviously, again, that starts that vicious circle and stuff like that. Um, and that's why, for me, in alarm clocks at the moment, like, I try to either end my alarm clock either on either a zero or a half past, because it goes with that kind of body clock. It's, it's roughly around each cycle. I think you need to have, I, need, I think I need to have, have four or five cycles of that thing we were just talking about, like REM and all that to have a decent level of sleep. Obviously, that comes up to seven, eight plus hours of sleep. And it all takes half an hour to a half, an hour and a half to take. So if you're waking up at like quarter to quarter past, or something, obviously it depends on what you sleep and stuff like that, but there's a more likely chance of you waking up midway through these cycles. So you feel dead tired when you wake up in the midways of these cycles. So something that I've been experiencing with frequently. Do you monitor your sleep? I do. Um, I monitor it through a garment. It's not the most, like a Fitbit lab, like it's not the most reliable. Um, there are machines out there that really track your sleep, but for something that's something like dead light, like just a garment watch, um, I know there's other things out there, so it's like Fitbit, Whoop, um, bands and stuff like that really try to track your sleep. But generally what it kind of gives me is First of all, like difference between I, how much REM you had, how much deep sleep you have, how much light sleep you have, and then from there it almost gives me like this is a garment by the way. This also gives me like a body clock, mm-hmm. a body clock, body battery. So it tells me out of a ho- score of a hundred how much energy, not energy, but how much well my body's working. So if it's a hundred. My body's optimal, feeling well. I should be mentally feeling fresh. And lower that down, I might be feeling fatigued, might be feeling tireless. Generally for me, my words might more stutter and stuff like that. Um, and if it comes to playing sports, I won't be feeling as sharp as I usually am or as fit as I usually am. So that's my kind of general tracking base of sleep. Um, but that would that'd probably be the far of it. Have you heard of an app called Sleep Cycle? Yep, I have heard of it. I've got some clients showing it and stuff like that. Um, and it works well. It works well. Like It just gets you into that understanding of, right, your body doesn't just work from a basis of that's one sleep. That one sleep has multiple cycles in it, um, multiple deeper ways of obviously getting to sleep and stuff. Well, do you know how it works? 
I'm not 100 percent sure how it works actually. So I've actually got it. I think it's Eey. it's like 20 something pound for the year. Like it's not much. But basically you just put it next to you when you're going to bed. Like pretty much level the bed. And it'll listen to the room. So it'll listen I to your, breathe, your heart and your breathing. Figure out where you are. But then two weird, really weird features. One's good, one's horrific. It will record and let you know certain spaces where you could be snoring or talking in your sleep. Oh, man, if that was my case and all that, like, I feel sorry <laughs> for that machine. I yeah. snore like a train. But and I... one really good feature Go ahead. is you can set an alarm for half an hour, and it'll figure out the best part within that half an hour. So, obviously, if you're in, like, the light stages and not waking up in the deep phase it'll figure out and wake you up at the best time during that half an hour period. Interesting. Mm. Interesting. You got, you, as much as these kind of apps and all that, like 20 pounds a year, like I said, it's, it's, you just look at that for the duration of the 365 days. That, that's cheap as chips. But I'll double check it now. How you got to look at then kind of things, how much reliable. No, carry on. <laughs> I'm just, no, I'm just saying like, it's, Especially apps like that. I know, like for me, obviously, I know that these watches are not hundred percent reliable. There's going to be some kind of calculation error and stuff like that because it's it's using formulas to fit a wide base audience. So, but if you're consistent with your tracking, as you should always be, like you're going to see patterns. Balls as well. Like going back onto the caffeine side of things and stuff like that, like, take notes. Like, if, you, if you're at that kind of stage now where you're questioning, like, right, am I taking too much? Am I not taking as much as I'm, I'm all right? Or could I get away with a little bit more? Track how much caffeine you have. There are, like, calories and stuff like that. Like each caffeine packet has how much milligrams of um, caffeine in drinks added up. There'll be calculators online. Like I said, you could use the thing I just mentioned in this podcast if you're someone who's doing sports and stuff like that. Um, but there's loads of way, just like nutrition and stuff like that, there's loads of way of tracking caffeine. Yeah. And it's... I'd say it's up there with nutrition, especially if you're taking it a lot. Well, we like we just mentioned there, there's pros and cons to it, and some of the pros for it is quite big. And it's one of the things like you just take it out and half an hour later, like, boom, you've mm. got loads of added results. It's, it's a very quick way of improving certain aspects, which you're looking is very much this day and age. We, a lot of people want that instant gratification. They want something to happen near and then. So that's why, for example, caffeine overdose is becoming more and more popular as this goes on. Well, did you see that thing the other day about a guy in Wales? Um, so I think there's an inquiry in it now and he took a caffeine product, didn't feel well and then passed out and ended up dying. So they think the dosages wow. was like completely wrong, yeah. but it is a thing. It's a proper thing. And it is obviously, I think it equates to like a hundred cups of coffee, yeah. but it's still a thing, especially for those. Just take it every day, bit by bit. Nothing to be worried about. Like Starbucks aren't going to get sued. <laughs> like you don't see that. But it's just something that is an important factor that people need to consider. And especially with how it's going to knock on to everything else in your life. 
you just got to wait all that. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, I think pretty much without going on to another topic of sliding off topics, as we should always do. <laughs> but I'll, we'll end that there. Um, if you guys have, first of all, any questions about the topic that we just spoke about today, and you have any inquiries or questions about how it's affecting you, you can always message myself or Mike on our socials or yeah, just message us and stuff like that and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. If you are listening to any of the um, apps out there that does podcasts, Spotify, Apple Music and stuff like that, make sure you give us a like, make sure you give us a review, give us that five stars, share it with your mates, share it with your mum, share it with anyone. Like, get out there. Uh, but anyway, guys, hope you've enjoyed the podcast. It's been a quite interesting topic, and we'll see you all in the next one. Peace out. Peace.